Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. guest is Julia Sorensen, and our topic today is helping children deal with grief and loss. Julia Sorensen is a therapist in private practice with specialties in coaching and in helping individuals and families deal with grief and loss. She is the author of Overcoming Loss, Activities and Stories to Help Transform Children's Grief and Loss. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be on your show, and I'm a big fan of your work, so for me it's a great honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for being on that. Tell people where you're from because we've got, I'm in San Francisco, Heidi's in New York, and you are? I'm in Canada, in Ontario. And our, uh, the people who recorded are in Arizona, so the Internet's an amazing thing. It sure is. It well, is. Julia, this is just an absolute beautiful book you've done. It's a, a large, what do they call this size? Um, the size of the, size of the book? Uh-huh. It's a large. About, it's a, it's large. It's about five by eight. And, yeah. um, it's written in, larger fonts for younger children as well. It's absolutely a, a beautiful book, and we want to tell you about it. Before, before we do that, how did you get in the field of grief and loss? Um, well, I had uh, some experiences of personal loss myself, and, and not always um, to do with death. It, often it was to do with endings and closures. Um, I was, my husband was working in the field of hospitality, so we traveled a lot, and we moved very much like the military. And it was great fun when we were young, um, but when children came along, it wasn't so fun when we had to uproot and move and uh, start new schools. Um, and then I started to work in the field, and I found that there was very, very little um, hands-on materials, practical materials for really young kids. And um, I started to sort of um, create my own sort of, uh, uh, you know, repertoire of, of activities I could do, and then I sort of started compiling them over 10 years, and um, I thought, well, I should perhaps write a book about this, because there is so little for, um, you know, community... For four to eight-year-olds, right? Yeah, yeah, faith groups and educational institutions, there was just very little on it, so and I thought, well, I'll, I'll do this, and I can um, give it to groups, and they're able to uh, photocopy the activities if they wish, that's not a problem. Um, and then um, there's also in the back there's some reading resources and there's some um, lots of addresses that uh, you can sort of seek extra help if you need to. Yeah, it's a wonderful resource. But people, children from four to eight, don't grieve loss. We just move them around and they do whatever, right? We don't talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Heidi, what's your thought about I love the fact that uh, Julia is talking about the other kinds of losses like moving and leaving mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Well, and I think there's a few things. First of all, I love the fact that the book is so concrete. It really, for everyone that's listening out there, Julia walks you through and says, this is what you can do, this, you know, activity one, activity two, and how you can do it. It's really easy to replicate. Um, another thing is I love the idea of talking about the loss of pets, the loss of homes, the loss of friends, because it's safe for children to start talking in those ways about their losses before they move into the actual loss of what they've experienced. It's safer to stay in kind of the metaphor and talking about moving and pets, et cetera. It's a little safer. Well, Heidi, you had a loss of school at an early age, and, and that was quite traumatic for you and carried into adulthood, hasn't it? 
Absolutely. It's devastating when we move and when we lose our friends and when we start all over again. I mean, it's really hard, and I don't think it's recognized oftentimes, and it's often minimized. Yeah, I was thinking, weren't you about seven when we moved or eight? I was or eight years old. Yeah. We moved from Connecticut to upstate New York, and it was huge for me because I loved the school I was in, and I had a lot of friends, and moving was a big transition. And I'll have to say, I don't think that, you know, I think we thought about it, but I think, you know, you're so busy with other activities, you don't really think about it in a way, how it does impact kids. Yeah. Well, and, and when they're so young, you think, oh, they'll just adapt and then we'll move mm-hmm. on. And, and, you know, certainly with the economy the way it is right now, with job losses, people are having to move their homes that they might have, you know, lived in for five or more years and uh, move to new communities and start new schools. And, you know, also these kids, uh, when there's some kind of a death in the family, say death of a father, death of a mother, uh, oftentimes they do move homes. Yes. So they not only have that loss, but they have the loss of moving home. And I don't think that we touch that loss, which which I think is a, is an important thing to do. Yeah. And then, and then you know, with my own family, um, my daughter, um, she was my guinea pig for all these activities as she was growing up. She's 16 now. But uh, I tried them out on her to see how she would react to them and how she would um, enjoy them. And, and um, she, she really responded really nicely to them, and so did other children I used them with. And then in 2003, her grandfather died, my father. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. And we were facing then, you know, a big, a big loss in our family. So, uh, again, we were able to use these activities. Uh, what what do you think the number one activity when your father died that was useful to you from your book? Um, I think the expressing um, and drawing the rainbow activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and having and having the children identify the colors because often we don't we associate in our society sort of um, stereotypical colors with our grief, and for children they might be very different. So they might ex- they might express anger as pink, a pink color when they're, when they're crayoning or they're, when they're drawing. And for us, you know, traditionally when we think of anger, it's usually we think of red. Um, so for that, that can be very helpful to help children express their own grief, I call them grief colors. Tell us how people can get to your book. You've got a website, right? Yes, surely. Um, you can actually purchase a book on Amazon or at the publisher jessicakingsley.com, jkp.com. Um, or you can go to my website, which is thecbtcoach.com, and there's a link there for you to purchase. Now, you coach people, too, over, and they can just call you even though you're in Canada? That's right. I do a lot of telephone work now um, through coaching, and um, I'm absolutely open to people calling me um, to, to work through uh, some of their grief um, or just to consult with them. That's absolutely fine. That's great. Okay, so you can uh, reach her through the... The, the internet. Yeah, and and the I would like to say that I think this book should be in every single school. And if people have a child that's died, they might want to bring this book to the school to help the child's classmates deal with the grief. Absolutely. And maybe a teacher or a guidance Absolutely. counselor yeah. for children between the ages of four and eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's especially useful for those, for schools and uh, guidance counselors and for, you know, educators. Uh, and it's really wonderful for a parent to be able to work with a child. If you've got a child, a young child that you're just wondering what to do with, this yeah. is a fabulous book, Overcoming Loss. Yeah. Get the book, and it's got tons of exercises in it. I want to talk about some of them because Heidi and I loved them. <laughs> do you want to talk about the native sharing stick, Heidi? Well, Julia can say more about it than I can, but there's a native sharing stick that the children make together, and it becomes a talking stick. And the children take, 
paste different things on it and then talk about what brought them to the group. And I love the symbolism around it. They are given fur, feathers, and beads. And the fur represents animals of the earth. Feathers represent truth and words. And beads represent people of the earth. And when the child has that stick in their hand, it symbolizes to the group that it's their turn to speak. I yeah. loved that, Julia. Yeah, that, and that's in the uh, curriculum that I wrote up, sort of like a four-week group, grief group for young children, and it was a wonderful way to to ice break. Now, tell them, tell them what the, the tube is. I love that, what you oh. use as the stick. I, I just, uh, with, the, with the craft, it's just made from um, a paper towel holder um, roll, and yeah. then you would just cover it with... Uh, you can paint it all together or you could cover it with tissue. And then you would start to glue uh, different craft materials on. And that would be, you know, what's appropriate to the child's age. You wouldn't want to use tiny beads if they were very young, obviously. And then they say something when they put them on, right? Absolutely. And they talk about um, how the person that they are, are there you know, representing and, and honoring in the, in the group. Well, my background is family therapy, and I can see a family sitting around doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my goal with the book was to make it as simple as, as possible so that it wasn't sort of professional jargon, um, you know, filled with professional jargon, that it was simple that any parent could take it or any community group could just take it and run with it, and they can use it or adapt it or extend the activities and be as open as they could with it to... to individualize it for their own needs. Now, the other thing I liked that you talked about losses, but one of the things that I hadn't thought about is leading a small child into talking about their losses by talking about a loss of toys. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And that, again, um, is something that we just don't talk about. You know, often kids use, lose their, their favorite toys somewhere along in their childhood. <laughs> you probably can remember yourself. Well, my grandson's eight, and my daughter just said to me, we have a, uh, a summer home, and my daughter just said to me that her little boy, uh, who's eight, um, left his bear down at the cabin, and I needed to get it for him. Mm-hmm. And then he's, you know, problems with uh, sleeping and right. uh, come up from that. And uh, but those are the kind of things that educate us, aren't they, early on about loss, and we don't even realize that. Yeah, and just you know, the, you know, a lot of children who are in 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 daycare. Um, they say hello uh, to to caregivers in the morning and goodbye to their parents, and that's just a very small closure that they go through every day. But that's that's certainly something that they get used to as they go through. Yeah. So, uh, did some of these ideas about exploring your children's loss by talking about toys and and by talking about loss of pets and those kinds of things are yeah. are wonderful segues. And in, in say I'd lost a parent and and somebody asked me about a toy. And I'm, you know, four to eight. It's a great way to take the anxiety out of, yes. out of the experience, or to cut down on the anxiety. Um, talk and, and about having, having them draw, draw out, or express it through their play is really important because often young children just don't have the words to express what their emotions are at that point. You know, how often do we see a four-year-old saying? I'm so depressed that I lost my <laughs> And, you know, it can be quick. The nice thing for a parent is I can, I can say to my four- to six-year-old, um, um, let's talk about, uh, read a story. You've got, um, that stories are a good way to do it. Yes. And um, in the back of the book, there is um, a recommended reading list for children um, on, on grief and loss. So there's lots of books you can look at through there. And, you know, often if you ask your library, they have, terrific uh, section for you to, to uh, choose from and um, 
And those are powerful because, again, it, it, people have written fabulous books about loss of family members. We had a woman on the show the other day who's written one, and, and my grandson, uh, we were reading it to them, Heidi and I, before the show because she was going to be on. And my grandson said, oh, that's just like Uncle Scott's death. And he didn't even know Uncle Scott. It was 26 years ago. So, But it took the anxiety out of it for him. Yeah, and it, it helps them feel a lot more comfortable with talking about it and so laying that foundation. There is a, a small short story in the book uh, also about multiple losses um, of, of um, an animal. So in, in the book there, that you can also utilize. And I, and I think, Heidi, don't you think it gives that, that open to hope even for children? There are endings where children survive it in these books. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. Definitely. I think books do open up a segue for conversation and for the in a safe place, like you said, to talk about their own losses. Yeah. It's a great now, I wanted to ask you, Julia, how do you approach a school if you had a, uh, your child's had a loss? If, if your child has had a loss, I would, um, you know, talk to the counseling office if there is one and the, and the child's um, educator to start with and um, ask them, you know, if they could... Um, you know, to do some of these activities within their class um, and to have an open discussion about the loss of, um, you know, whoever it was, if it was a family member, if it was uh, somebody in the community, a parent or grandparents. This is a great idea to take this book in. Yeah, yeah and then to take the book in. and um, Because often, you know, educators are lost of where to go uh, or Mm -hmm. where to start, really. And often they don't want to sort of uh, touch on the subject or talk about it. It's easier easier to to not talk about it and just get on with the day and keep the structure as as normal as possible. And I think that that would be a mistake. I think it's much more important to have them have it open and, and have an open discussion about it. Yes, and I think part of the reason that they don't want to do this is they don't know how to do it, yes, and, exactly. and doing with just art or whatever is an activity everybody can do, even if they don't want to really be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's why I like this book because you don't have to have any experience yeah. running grief groups or working in grief and loss to do these activities. You have made it so user friendly for anybody to pick up and be able to replicate. Thank it's you. Wonderful. Yes. That was the point to make it really, really simple. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say if you're out there right now and you have a child between the ages of four and eight, I would pick up this book. I would definitely buy it, Overcoming Loss, Activities and Stories for Children to Help Transform Children's Grief and Loss, because it's so simple. I know I was so devastated. I, uh, You know, reading something uh, densely about children would have been difficult for me, but, mm-hmm. but here you talk about, you show pictures of children with different expressions and say what... You know, put down what you you um, feel feeling. about this. Yes, yeah, so helping them identify what a what the feeling is. That's part of sort of laying the groundwork for young kids because often they they don't know um, what they're feeling. You know, they can't say I'm feeling really really sad today. I'm really angry. You'll just see it in their behavior, or you'll see it in their artwork. So it's helping them sort of uh, gain knowledge of what facial expressions are and and what the emotion is behind it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Heidi, uh, just to give it the seal of approval, Heidi said she's going to put it on the recommended reading list at her Columbia University. Oh, thank you. I absolutely <laughs> am. I, I do a clinical practice with children class, and this will be recommended as of September 4th. I think it's a really important book for my students. Oh, thank you. That's, that's, uh, that's wonderful to know. And I, that, that's the point of it. I wanted to get it out to everybody and anybody who needed it. 
Absolutely. Well, wonderful to have you on the show. And if you could uh, give us one closing thought for parents out there who have little children that have had a loss, what would it be? I would say the most important thing is to go slow and be very, very patient. It's a process and it takes time and it can be heartbreaking, but you will get through it with good support. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Julia Sorensen, and thank you for writing for us, and we're looking forward to having more contact with you, and good luck with your book. Thank you so much. Okay, talk to Thanks, you Julia. Okay. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.